0: Amidst a huge couple of weeks for social platforms, there's one platform that very rarely deviates away from their USP. They know who they are, what they're good at, and what problems the platform exists to serve. If you hadn't guessed it yet, that platform is LinkedIn. Seen by a few as a platform to only share business updates or preach advice to others, this outdated view couldn't be more wrong. And we're joining today's episode by John Williamson, Senior Content Marketing Consultant at LinkedIn, to cover what LinkedIn best practice looks like in 2022. In this episode, John shares LinkedIn secrets, including how the platform's making the world of work more fun, why products and people are both key to a good LinkedIn strategy, and a 5 and 5 method which will help you learn from both friends and from foes. John, thanks for joining us on Social Minds. And I, I always say I love having platforms on the pod just to get that, you know, the latest directly from the horse's mouth. So really excited to delve into LinkedIn which I personally think is the most underrated and underutilized of the big platforms. Don't know what you think.
1: I mean, obviously, uh, I think it's there, but it obviously doesn't have that that huge sort of, maybe the brand presence and maybe those, the big fours that are out there. But yeah, we're definitely, we're good at making noise when we want to.
0: Right, well, let's delve into it a little bit further. And typically, we start with our overarching question for this episode. And the question to you is, what are marketers missing on LinkedIn in 2022?
1: Uh, Well, it's a a great question to start with. I think, for me, it's all about opportunity, right? So, like, there is so much on there as a platform. As as I mentioned previously, like, we're not the meta, we're not the Snapchats, you know, we're not, you know, we're not Instagram or, or, you know, TikTok, but, you know, we are sort of that, we're a professional network and that's how we look at things. And I think when it comes to our platform... We have a, a different sort of not only knowledge but different sort of audience base, right? Which is yep. can be super targeted and, and very niche, but also we've got them, um, I think, a really fast growing opportunity when it comes to the Gen Z audience. A lot of people joining our platform now who are fresh out of university or, or even coming from secondary school into college to build out that their profile for the world of work that they're joining, right? So, I think that is. Is another is another key area for marketers to think about, and also how we're looking after them, and how we're really sort of um, work with them and, and nurture them, and sort of learn from them to make that platform a better place, and, and how we can always grow as well. Um, as well as that, we've got some well, I can tell you now, but we've got some really cool new features coming for, for, for marketers uh, on the platform as well, nice. which I think is going to which is going to be. Um, I think an exciting 18 months uh, at the least. But, you know, we, as I've said, we're, we're not out there trying to be a Facebook. We're not out there trying to be, you know, an Instagram or a TikTok or whatever. I think we're very happy in, in the location that we are. And we're just trying to get better at that. And I think some really, you know, good strength and opportunity for marketers there.
0: It's really refreshing to hear that you know what you are and you're sticking to it. I think we've seen no no platforms mentioned, but we've seen some platforms uh, tweak with that well recently and obviously kind of done a U-turn on that. So nice to know that. So let's look at some, some use cases and some ways that LinkedIn can be used. We know it's a favorite for personal brands. That's obviously hugely talked about. And then we've got B2B lead generation, obviously uh, huge for that as well. You know, so powerful in those aspects. But does the, re- does the value really end there for LinkedIn? You know, what else can brands and consumers be using LinkedIn for? I think Gen Z was a, a really, nice, uh, really nice answer there actually before.
1: There's so many other ways. Yeah, Gen Z is, is a great opportunity that we've got. We've got sort of our vision, We've got our mission, like our vision is to create economic growth for every organization worldwide. So that's like super important. So that's one thing that we look at as well. And then also like sort of empowering businesses to sort of reach, engage, and convert the professional sort of audience on the platform as well. So that's super important. But I think as well, there is, it's about making the world of work fun. And that's what I speak to when I speak to clients, right? And and, and I think that is 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 what where the other sort of value really really sort of lies. There, we have learning LinkedIn Learning, by the way, which in the past two years over COVID and lockdown saw huge growth uh, on the platform where people can literally learn go from learning Italian to how to do an Excel spreadsheet to how to do a marketing strategy. It's now on, um, it's now on. I think British Airways on airplanes on Emirates, like all over the place, and and I think that has been really really cool and and bringing. Sort of all together on on one platform from from that aspect. As you mentioned uh, about what I said before, in respect of we're happy where we are. We've also been the, I mean, the most trusted site. I think for at least three to four years in a row now, like voted obviously by I think the Business Insider or whoever it is, and that is huge for us. Like we're really proud of that because people on the platform really care about sort of well. <laughs> they're on there because it's their world of work, right? They're not going to start, you know, mugging people off or they're not going to start chatting away at, about other people. It's like, because it, it can really in, uh, impact their, their world, their working world. If, if you get yeah. it wrong. So I think that's really important. And I think what is super cool is that I think it's in beta now is sort of launching this no politics button, for example. Like, I love that. Like that is a really cool thing that we've got coming that Ryan, um, our CEO, Ryan waslenski uh, spoke about earlier this year in the wall street journal so that is like super cool because you can literally switch off like any type of content which can be really you know divisive or or Mm -hmm. as we know in the world of social today can change your your thoughts and your output on on life so that's cool and then that as well as that creator mode which you may have heard about probably in in your world um you know which gives that opportunity to really build out the profile and and really sort of you can get better analytics, you can get access to LinkedIn Live, you can get access to your own personal newsletters, as in you can make them yourself. That's really cool, I think. Yeah. Um, and also yeah. sort of stand out with your key topics with those hashtags that, that will pull in for that. So for me, you know, social branding or, you know, employer branding, content strategy, branding in general, all on there. And I can be known for that. And I think that's really cool we have seen a lot of that creator economy come on the
0: platform now. Yeah, I've seen loads of creators pop up, especially over, I think, over um, lockdown, there was everyone's kind of getting creative and, and that way. And yeah, I think you see a lot of these agency uh, creators who kind of go and take the mick out of agencies, typically, you know, throw down, you know, really typical scenarios at ages. I think yeah. Maskew, I think he's called, I can't remember his name. You pr- you'll have seen him. I can't remember his, name, his first name, but he is brilliant at those.
1: There's so yeah, there's so many types. And then also there's um, like, actual creatives, creators, if that makes sense. So you've probably seen these guys who do amazing video editing, right? Where it's like, they're like moving and dropping through a desk and then coming out like another way and stuff like that. Like they're getting that opportunity to shine on the platform as well, which four or five years ago, you know, probably wasn't, there probably wasn't that opportunity.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels a lot more creative. And just for the sake, I absolutely love that no politics button that'll be getting turned on straight away for me
1: same because because you know we we have a key one of our key mission you know, values is, is like members first and we actually do preach that i strongly believe that right you know other people may have other opinions but we do put members first in that aspect because we want you to stay on the platform and enjoy it and not drop off it yeah?
0: really refreshing so good yeah well let's talk about consumers a little bit more. So let's take a we have talked a little bit about B2B there. Let's look at B2C in a little bit more depth. So what's the opportunity for B2C advertising on LinkedIn? You know, typically we see this on Twitter and Instagram probably most, but where's there been previous success on LinkedIn for B2C? I
1: mean there's been a, there's been a lot, but I'd say it's quite niche in respect of the markets when it comes to B2C. So I think there what we focus on is very much sort of like the luxury high end potential that we that we've seen on the platform also non-profits has been super important for us there in that aspect as well as automotive uh we've seen some value I mean I'm not saying that like Nike is selling their trainers on there or anything like that you know like it's it's not as obvious as that but but what we're seeing is is that companies like Audi are bringing in their content from other platforms and and, and, you, and putting new models out there. Like I say, like the luxury sector, so like Chanel or even like the Tech Philippe or people like that, because when people are on LinkedIn, as you will know, you've probably seen some of the content, there's that aspirational sort of attitude, you know, go out there and get them and, and everyone wants to be.
0: We'll tackle that later on. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Everyone wants to be sort of that millionaire. So that that's one thing that we've you know we've seen um we've seen a, a lot of so we, we get a lot of that that luxury sector so from respects of watches jewelry things like that uh, but also other cool areas um within maybe i'd say maybe some certain products and stuff like that but in respect of like i say like hard sort of consumer ads uh, we don't see per- well personally from my opinion and you know could be corrected from colleagues but I've not seen that many, you know, big, big areas uh, of focus there.
0: Would you say that's an opportunity then? To be to be fair, I mean, I've, I I agree with you. I don't see it that often. I think we had um, Thursday dating on the pod um, a couple of months back. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. And they're, they're doing some really cool stuff on LinkedIn. They treat it as if it were, you know, like a, an Insta yeah. or something like that. And I think that is, that is a little bit more B2C facing purely for the fact it's, you know, it's different, a little bit more fun.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree, and and, and I think it, when it comes to the actual content. So if you're if you're pushing out your brand in respect of it rather than the product, then a hundred percent, like you know, LinkedIn has that amazing opportunity for you to push your brand in a different way than say, I mean, you know, if you're selling, I don't know, like drainage pumps or something. It's obviously not sexier as sexier as as something like a like I say a different like a tech product or something like that or a, a new phone or new trainers or whatever. So. So there is that opportunity to really, and we've seen good results from companies like, you know, airlines, they do a lot of stuff in that respect. So their products, mm-hmm. when it comes to tickets, you know, different locations around the world, you know, they, they have that business spin on it. So, so that's really cool. But you've got to remember that, like I say, like maybe just trying to sell trainers, people will be a bit confused about it, but like do it in a, a LinkedIn way, right? Think about that audience, which is super important. Uh, when it comes to, you know, comes to your
0: product. Yeah, I really like actually, you know, because there is a typical stigma around LinkedIn that is quite, um, you know, quite well, obviously professional, but too professional for some people. And when you try and speak to consumers directly, the consumers don't speak like that. So so when you speak on that, we, we talk about it all the time, you know, speaking how consumers speak, speak how your uh, your audience speaks. And if you can do that on LinkedIn as well, which you can, it's been proving that you can. I think that's a huge success. But let's let's move on to to personal branding, like we talked about there, you know, it's it's the elephant in the room, I guess, when we talk about, you know, the rise of thought leadership and I actually think we tread a fine line here as many people see this, you know, as essentially blowing your own trumpet. It can feel a bit preachy at times. I'm sure you agree. <laughs> Just some some yeah. creators on there. You know, it, it tends to be more at C-suite level, I'd say, and those sort of inspirational quotes, etc. You know, some of them are nice. I, you know, I like them, but some of them are probably a little bit too far. But what interests me is is the trends we're actually seeing in personal branding. The rise of personal branding is huge, right? So, so what trends are here to stay?
1: I think for trends that are here to stay, there's there's, there's so many, right? But I th- I think what is what is key is again, like as I mentioned before, like knowing your audience, like that is super important. So like. You've just, you've just got to know who to talk to and, and test sort of your, I don't know, like value or the way your conversational tone, your tone of voice, if you want to try and go into other areas. But just be aware like that people are very quick at finding you out, right? And and, and people will call you out in that respect. Um, people say bad engagement is good engagement, right? So like there's, there's that as well. But I think, you know, what we're, what we're seeing is this, this huge opportunity to sort of stand out in your sort of, I don't know, your, your swimming lane in respect to your industry and what you're talking about. I'm really getting really quite smart and you can see huge success in that. But like if we're looking at from um, an executive thought leadership, like that area is, a, in my opinion, is a different area altogether in respect that, like you you are there on maybe on behalf of a, of a business and you're yeah. speaking about, you know, key initiatives. So for example, I work with some firms where sustainability is, is like, their key, key focus, which I'm sure you guys know about as well. A lot of businesses want to focus on that. So that is in their whole brand strategies to have their, their, their teams, you know, their, their C-suite teams talking about sustainability. But obviously they have to be knowledgeable on it. And like I said before, you can't just like, you can't be like, oh, here's a script. And then this is what I'm talking about or a copy and paste. We've seen that before and that doesn't work because people are on there and they want that discussion. And that is super important within the comments section, you know, comments have been huge in the past year and a half, two years.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the reach, I mean, speaking on a personal level, the reach you see from LinkedIn, this is why I love it. And this is why I said it was underrated. I've not yeah. seen reach like it since Facebook in 2010. You know, just a comment can just, the amount of impressions you get of someone commenting and sending it because obviously it sends it onto their feed then. And the amount yeah. of followers or people or whoever are looking at that on their feed, it's, it's stratospheric at the minute. And anyone who's not utilizing LinkedIn, I mean, it, they are missing a big trick at the moment. I think with with, pers- with personal branding there, you know, we talk about a uh, C-suite level, talking about CSR and ECO or whatever their business problems is, because that's why they're building their personal profile, right? Typically to help boost awareness of the business they're leading or the business issues at heart. And that's... Yeah. That, Well, that brings me on nicely to my next question. So is there a reason on LinkedIn's end as to why personal profiles tend to perform much better than the same content from company pages? And is that why people are building personal brands?
1: The pure and simple thing here is that it's coming from a a person. It's a person buying from a person. You know, I call it like like this X factor sort of prophecy thing. Because to use a bit of a cheesy analogy there, it's like we extractor became so big because you're getting involved in that story, you're going through the journey of that person, you're putting yourself in their shoes and you're learning from them. It's just the same I think with that sort of personal you know personal engagement or that you know that whole personal profiles getting that reach because you're joining that story. So Callum, if we connect on LinkedIn, you know I want to learn about you and what you're doing. I'm seeing you go through that journey and what you're talking about. I'm interested. That's gonna get me, that's gonna get me involved, right? So that does work. However, when it comes to the brands and the brand on the platform, it's about sort of connecting the synergy between those two. And that is really important there. And I think if you can get that right, that's where you see the huge benefits. And what we're seeing now is yes, people don't really connect with a brand as well, because you know, at the end of the day, it's like a logo, right? And yeah. you think, oh, is that yeah. logo? Is there a person behind that logo? So what we were advising and speaking with clients about is how we flip her flip that around, right? So we had big, big companies on the platform dropping their logo and putting their CEO on the picture instead. Like things like that, like dropping the tie, just becoming more approachable as a brand and as a business. But also then replying to comments, just talking, just showing that human tone, and in in the respect, just sort of you know, thinking about how your brand strategy for LinkedIn puts people first. And that is really important as well. And those people evidently can sell the products. You know, using another example, I look at Rolls-Royce as being the best form of employer branding and also selling their products because what they do is they talk about the craftsmanship of the people that worked in that company for 40, to, well, not, hopefully not over 100 years, but 40 <laughs> odd years or
0: less, Some sten- you
1: know, make, yeah, no, serious tenure. Making like you know amazing uh, you know, products. You know the the effort that goes into that, which is get, then giving that customer the perfect product. So at the end of the day, that customer is seeing how that product is built, but you're also seeing that the employee has been there for years. Really enjoying making that product, so it's twofold in that aspect where it can really work.
0: Love that! I've never heard of the the dropping the logo and putting the CEO on there. Might have to uh, tell a few friends that. I'll be seeing them popping yeah. up everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, especially with COVID, Callum, like it was a huge sort of shift in the way that businesses really had to go from maybe selling that product to going to really sort of. Thinking about their people internally and also their customers, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we saw what we call like the CEO, you know, go from the chief executive officer to the chief empathy officer, right? Because it's about thinking about their people, and that was so so important. Something that we're not we're not letting drop as a business either at LinkedIn. We really want to make companies you know work in a better world right and, and that that's a key goal for us
0: yeah i love that and do you do you think because we see the we've seen the rise of uh, the admin so to speak you know when, when the admin talks through a business profile do you do you think that's the reason why so brands become you know you you feel human behind the brand
1: yeah of course you do that's definitely important but i've also seen execs like or, or thought leaders on jump on the comments you know mm. within the brand. You know or sharing and resharing like that is super important as well that like i say that synergy between sort of the the person working in the business and the actual brand talking is really important but yeah exactly just someone from the company page just commenting or replying to a company is great i've seen that then i've seen like uh for example i use one of my colleagues like who did a post recently LinkedIn commented on and then Ryan, our CEO, commented on it. Nice. Like you know, that is that is what it's all about, you know, because we are humans behind the brand, right? And that is the everyday that we're that we're really grafting towards, you know, to help customers and
0: the employees. Absolutely. So we've we talked a little bit more kind of about traditional content, what we're seeing yeah. at the moment on day-to-day on, on LinkedIn. Do you have any examples of what, what I'd call non-traditional LinkedIn content from brands that have outperformed the majority of B2B content that we see on the platform? You know, for example, posts you'd usually see on Facebook or from a B2C yeah. brand on Insta. What's performed well?
1: You know, I mean, it's always on the upper the upper funnel stuff works great, right? So like, I think when I speak to brands, I... I've gone into a room with them, and they're going, "Yes, yeah, so LinkedIn, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this, and then we need to get, you know, driving through, you know, to to for lead generation or to our website." And then I go, "Well, that's great." And I say, "Well, let's look at your let's look at your Instagram page. Let's look at your Facebook page." And then and then because they're always saying we don't have any content for LinkedIn, always. Mm. And then only when we look at that, and we say this, we see the life and the soul of the business on Instagram, for example. I'm like, get that on the platform, you know, get that out there. And, and, and then that sort of, that sort of light bulb moment happens. And then all of a sudden they're seeing great engagement, you know, organically and through paid. And and I think that's, that is, that is huge. I mean, one example I've got is, is like Tesco. I worked with those guys a couple of years ago. Um, and they, for example, wanted some ideas in respect to their content and creative and, and they're great on the platform as is. And I, and, and, they had uh, they. I don't know if you know how it works, but they had this. Um, their stores are like communities, right? So when you know, bit, when you've got store, you're about having the community, and then the general manager of that store is all about sort of igniting that sort of community spirit around the area, the geo of the area. And what happened with that? We learned that the Diwali was coming up, which is super super important, obviously within Indian culture and other areas and stuff like that. And like any sort of anniversary or, or, or annual event on LinkedIn does really well. So I said, like, let's think about how we can, you know, get your, your community stores. Are they celebrating Diwali? If they are, let's hear about it. And basically, they did that, sent out the note. They got a picture of all their staff who were dressed up in the most amazing sort of, like, you know, Diwali out, you know, uh, dress or, or Indian dress and stuff. It looked amazing. And they took a picture of it just on an iPhone outside the store with everyone. And it was brilliant. Put it on LinkedIn. And then, literally from there, it, it it went it went crazy. It got great engagement. Nice, people nice. loved it because it was just so organic and natural.
0: It is that's a, I mean that's a great example, right? It's typically like I say, something you'd see on instance the stories, Facebook, wherever yeah. it may be. But it's it, it's getting that human nature through to LinkedIn. I I can see the frustration there, like well, from from my point anyway. I I, I feel that because it does just feel like there's a bit of a barrier, an old sort of stigma there that it's you know professional we. We can't be talking like humans on here. We need to show what we're like on a nine to five. It's it should show you so you know you, people are people and people buy people.
1: Be, yeah, be you know be authentic and, and 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 yeah. I think I think that is that is really important. Um, really important for your brand, and you can and you can see you know huge results in that aspect.
0: Yeah, well, the, the reason I ask that question um, is, is because we know brands are starting to go more left field, right? To to achieve organic reach at a time where we know paid spending budgets are probably likely to be reduced with the kind of financial climate that we're in. So let's stay on the topic of organic for a little bit. What What are the best LinkedIn products and formats for being successful in an organic way at the moment on LinkedIn? You know, I think we I think we had carousels and video, which were reaping yeah. based engagement.
1: So they're great, right? I think you know, with carousels and video. I, I've I've loved working with clients and speaking to them about that. Uh, I think one point to mention on that, like, just don't go crazy on one of them. Like, yeah. we see I've gone onto some some brands' pages, and then you see all you see is like eighty-five thousand videos within the feed, right? And like, you want to mix it up a bit, and I think that's really important. So using the carousels yeah. and the videos great for engagement, but also like. Learn, teach yourself. I've also seen some brands go on there and, and the videos are not that good. Like, Just think of how your, your brand voice and your tone of voice fits within that content that you're pushing out on the feed. So they're great. But obviously, we've got single image ads, which is part of you know, sponsored content. That works really, really well. Um, again, like, like the Tesco, was just a, the Tesco ad, it was just a single image piece. Mm-hmm. So that works really well um also we've got sort of the the documents i don't know if you've seen the document feature
0: i've I've seen people kind of hacking those a little bit so they're not documents they're images in documents but i I presume that's for a little bit of an algorithm hack
1: yeah well but it's it's also opportunities to sort of put slides in there or papers and that's quite cool any in ebooks like we've seen people people use that as well um but also you've got like newsletters as i mentioned before you can do that as as a personal brand but you can also do that as a business as well and i think that's that's really cool so that gives you an opportunity to talk about your product or we'll talk about your daily i don't know the week in work right there's mm-hmm. so many different i've seen loads of different businesses use it for different ways like if we look at likes of adobe and asana who are amazing on on the platform worth checking out um like for paid and organic that is but they use it for like certain I don't know, niches within their software or different areas within their software where you can get better at or something like that, life hacks, if you will, in that area. Yeah. So that's quite cool. But also, you know, it it notifies all your uh, connections, you know, when you put a newsletter out. Right. Okay. So that's really cool as well.
0: I mean, that know? has that's the holy grail, right? To notify every single person in your connections. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Same with LinkedIn Live as well. You know, LinkedIn Live is another one, you know. Yeah. Um, I think there's a certain, I mean, worth checking out, but you know, don't quote me on this, but like y- when you you can get it, but you have to be at a certain, I think, follower level. Obviously we don't want you just, if you've got like 15 to 20 followers on your company page, you know, maybe it's not yeah. gonna get that engagement. But like that again is, is, is huge, that event space on LinkedIn. We've seen really blow up, you know, the hybrid world shifting into.
0: We, we covered, uh, or we talked about LinkedIn events, just kind of, I think it was just out of maybe lockdown one. Um, and where we, th- we covered it on social and six, our roundup of like kind of the latest updates. And we, we were talking yeah. about how we saw in a hybrid world, you know, where we, we all can't fly out to Chicago. Sorry, John, I know you're there at the moment. <laughs> 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 oh, we, you know, we can't fly out halfway across the world to go to an event. Not everyone could do that because of, you know, even travel stipulations or whatever it may be. Then that's where LinkedIn events coming, you know, we think yeah. we we're kind of exploring, you know, even, um, for, for businesses to, to you know commercially it's a lot more viable you don't have to put on event it could just be you and i sat here chatting away and you can buy a ticket through that so there are so many organic features on linkedin that again i again i think it's underutilized i don't i don't see these features getting used as much as they probably should be you know if you're if you're saying it notifies everyone in your life, it's such a powerful tool from an organic perspective
1: yeah yeah completely and the event space everything you said is bang on there like the event space is changing, and we're making sure we get we're at sort of at the forefront of that. And you can you can tap in, you can comment, and you can see someone's profile, and you can you can share your thoughts. And new products are being launched within these events. But then we're also going back to that exec or leadership piece. We're seeing CEOs of businesses do their annual results on the platform now, right? Like mm. this is huge stuff sort of this, this like I said, this world of work which is shifting, where you're going to be the first to hear because you know you're going straight to the customer. You went straight to that to that customer, that employee, whoever it is, so you can hear about that. And people are building events around that, right? So it's, it's such huge potential. And yeah, you're right. Maybe it is. Maybe the knowledge isn't out there for these for people. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, this helps. You know, but like there is obviously, you know, our, our main LinkedIn site where you can where you can check out these things and and the launches and stuff that we do. You know,
0: excited to see those. Hopefully, you know, uh, if we've helped five or 10 people at the minimum off the back of this pod. There are more listeners, I promise. Uh, (laughs) If we've helped anyone, uh, then I hope to see more organic content getting rolled out and more features being used. So moving on to paid then, what LinkedIn ads products are effective but commonly neglected by brands? You know, we see a lot of brands favor sponsored content. I think we see, we don't see it everywhere, but I think that's probably the most common one. But are there other efficient methods of paid on the platform that we can utilize?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously we, we look after the you know the client and the business throughout the funnel. So as I mentioned, like I think sponsored content for marketers is you know, especially is is brilliant. That includes your video ads, that includes your carousel ads, that includes your single image ads, right? And that is great for building out that upper funnel awareness piece. Leading sort of down through that, we have like you know, we have the document ads as well, like for lower funnel, as I mentioned before, like they can be sponsored as well, the document piece. So that's great. We also have Dynamic ads, I don't know if you've seen those. They're probably to the right rail of, of, of the page where you've got, um, you've, you'll probably have seen your face <laughs> and it'll be next to logo of a logo of a company.
0: Is it for hiring? or Yeah,
1: it's, so it's, it's used for hiring, but it's also an opportunity for you to sort of promote documents or events or papers or things like that. So So I think that's good, like, you know, directing traffic to your website where you can learn more about that area. It's also a good opportunity for you to grow followers on your page as well. So, so that's a great idea because it's all about seeing, you know, seeing your, your face against the brand, right? It works for that job aspect as well. But obviously it works well with like, oh, I've never heard of those guys. I'll give them a follow. And there's that great follow button there. Or you can drive them off-site off site platform to your own website there if you've got a new product or a white paper that you want them to download on there or something like that. So we cater sort of for every every area as well. And obviously, you know, there's the events piece, which you, you, can, you can boost as well. But it is, you know, I don't need to tell you, you guys and your listeners, but like getting our mixture of organic and paid is super, super important. Um, and I think, I think you only see huge benefits further down the line if you get that right.
0: So would you advise like the organic content users as a you know, greater mix as possible that works for you there? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I think so, definitely. But you know, it does depends on the size of your business and, and who you are and, 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 and the budgets, right? You know? mm-hmm. But I think organically... You know, get out there, show that human side of your business, who you believe or what you believe in. You know, it's amazing the amount of companies that I speak to and I say, what's the why of your business? And they never know idea. They have no idea what the why is. You know, the who, the what and the when. Like, but what is that why? Like, if you can tap into that why and like, really go from there and sort of, sort of dig in, like, that's where you'll get great content on an organic perspective. And then move down through the funnel. Bringing in your, your key, you know, your key stakeholders in respect of social engagers, your C, CEO engagers, and then looking at the products further down the line gets, gets that opportunity as well. But don't be boring when you sell your products. So many companies I speak to focus so much on that return on investment the lower funnel. I understand that's because they've probably got, you know, they've got KPIs, they've got yeah. internal stakeholders that are probably pushing in on them, but just try and think differently with that. Like rather than like, Here's a product. Click this link, and then go into a you know uh, a lead gen page or something like that. You know, or
0: download this white paper. Yeah, well, there are so many. You know, like I mean, we've just covered it in the last two questions. So many organic features, and this is just on LinkedIn. Yeah. So many paid features, and I think the you know social media market now it is complicated. You know, there's so many different tactics, methods to utilize. I think that's what makes it complicated. At times. some people don't know where to use or what to use or when to use it and and what we're seeing is a lot of you know blanket advice i think applied to linkedin based on what's worked for others so you know for example personal brands need to have a niche Every brand yeah. should be posting carousels, whereas, as you've said, there, you know, it should be a mix of everything. So, with audiences made up of so many different seniority levels on LinkedIn, you know, from C suite to exec, so many different specialisms. Like we said, I think we used a drain pump example before. We've got that, but then we might have, you know, someone who farms corn somewhere in the world. How much does that blanket advice on best practice differ based on those different needs?
1: What is important here is. It's just knowing your audience, right? Like that is audience first, right? Think about yep. them. Think about when you're pushing that content, what is it that they want? Do that audience analysis. Do that social analysis first. That's where we've seen like the huge benefits, you know, grow. Uh, I think if you are going to be thinking about, you know, just going crazy at once, like that like scattergun approach. I mean, it might work, it might not work, you know, you know, you're fishing in the sea there, I think, in that respect. So, like, it's, it's trying to think smart, testing out the different bits of content, but learning from the engagement, the comments, when to engage, when to push out your, your content. Like, some people are like, the biggest question I get asked all the time, right, it's like, how often should I post on LinkedIn? What time of the day should I post on
0: Oh, that's a classic that, that, John. That's not just, not just one for you. i in mean, agency land. It's, it's make me go viral. When should I be posting? Yeah. How often? <laughs> that's it.
1: Like, you know, and, and you guys will know more than anyone as well. Like, so it's like, it's, you know, we don't know. If you know your audience, if you're doing that social sharing analysis and checking in when they're engaging and when they're not engaging, that is so important. Like, we, sh- we saw boost in engagement on the platform on a Sunday evening during lockdown. And into like the you know into early sort of release from lockdown, for example. Mm. And we're still seeing a bit of that now. You know, change your message. Like Tuesday's a great time as well, but like focus that more on your world of work. And then maybe on a Thursday and Friday, just think about celebrating someone whose birthday it is. I don't know, like you know, things like that. Like, but if you know your audience and you've seen that engagement, then you know keep doing it. As you guys all know, like if it, it works, it works. But like if you're putting the post out there. Don't get me wrong, I see companies with 3 million followers, they put a post out there and it gets like full likes. Like mm. sometimes it doesn't work and if you over post, it can really sort of affect, you know, that content strategy and that engagement through the feed.
0: That's where testing comes in, right? Don't be afraid to yeah. test.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and like, oh, testing and you think about it like it's like the biggest, the most painful thing in the world and they get paranoid by it. But... If you're in a room every Monday with your team or if it's just you, think about new ideas for content. Think about, what well, I'm just going to give this a whirl. And, but I know I, inter- I understand internally there is certain aspects which may, you know, you can't just, and I hear it a lot, probably maybe like you, there's like sometimes you feel like a divorce lawyer with different teams, like in, internally within a company, like where it's like, right, well, yeah, but I don't, I'm, I'm in control of this. I can't post this. Or like I need to post this or I'm not allowed to post this when and all of that. And you've just got to like, just try and, I think, inspire. And that's, that's the key focus for me in my role is to try and make companies just think differently about the platform, you know, and, 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 and try and, like that Tesco post, you know. That will, you know, just shows the benefits.
0: Nice. So, I mean, it might have been hypothetical, but let's take that uh, example of, you know, company with three million who might have got four likes on the post. Obviously, they might be doing something wrong there. So, looking at that, which common mistakes are brands and marketers making that your team are trying to remedy through education, thought leadership? Um, What are the most common ones that you see there?
1: I don't know if it's common mistakes. I think I think what we maybe discussed quite a lot already is is maybe these mistakes that we are seeing within in businesses. Um, and they are focusing maybe too much of the lower funnel. They're thinking about that return of investment. They're just pushing out, you know, white papers. And I understand some businesses, you know, it, it might not be the, the the sexiest of brands or businesses or products that they're trying to sell. Well, I think that's where you can really flick that human switch again on, right? And I think if anything, rather the, the main area is that we've been trying to look at, which we've talked about so many times, is trying to humanize your brand, right? And I think that is where you can really sort of step up or start, make, you know, not making those mistakes or being like every other business on the platform. If you can make your business have that human face and just, you know, be be a really smart brand on the platform, I, th- I we've seen the products sell themselves in that respect, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're engaging with that. We're learning about that. But getting that right mix of your product and the people is so, so important. And I think that's where you can really, really see these sort of, you know, great results there, and I think telling a story. Stop focusing on the bottom funnel. You know, focusing on the leads. You know, it's once you do that, like, like that is where you'll hopefully see. I don't know. You'll level up. Like, I'm, I'm not saying like what I'm not saying. By the way, is I'm not saying like just never focus on leads again. Never focus on return on investment again. We're the worst business like,
0: ever, that job Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, no, you know, what I'm saying is like, you know, think about humanizing your brand, telling a story of your products, who is creating those products, you know, thinking about these key areas within the funnel, right? That will only help with that sort of lead gen piece or like you're know, building out that pipeline for your teams because we look at LinkedIn and the way we speak about LinkedIn is is what we call like a... A unified brand, right? Because you've got to think about it, it's three sections. You've got your employer brand section, right? Which is your employer, people coming on, you know, to LinkedIn. Like people always say, oh, LinkedIn, it's a jobs platform. Like, I, I hate that. Like that is not what we are now. We're a professional network. Yes, we, It was a, it's a key area for us, you know, can't deny that. But that's, a, you know, employer brand is important and, and getting people hired is so important for us as a business as well. And, and we're really tapped into that. There's also... The corporate brand and the CSR piece, you know, which is really important as well. And then there is that consumer piece and the corporate and, and the sort of the, the B2B piece as well, which is really important. If you can get that mix right on the platform. I think that's where you re- you'll see some really great results and some huge banks.
0: Yeah, it's a long game, right? You know, you, you can't be straight away expecting, like you say, bottom of the funnel uh, results straight away. You need to build down. I think the mix of products and people, like you mentioned, there's great advice. Talking of advice. um, I mean, I'm sure you've gathered by now that I love the platform. I'm a little bit of a fanboy, <laughs> but what we want to do here, or what we always try I'll and do is, is is sign off with some actionable advice that our listeners can take away and implement right away. So which brands do you think have cracked 10 out of 10 LinkedIn strategy? And is there any case studies that you can share here? And if there is, what made it so good?
1: Listen, I mean, organically, and this is interestingly going back to the, t- going back to the B2C piece is, mm-hmm. is I think Gymshark have been incredible, right? They're great on it. We I worked with those guys early earlier on in my career at LinkedIn and like, we went in there like, you know, these guys know what they're doing. Like, you know, <laughs> we're, we, we'll advise as much as they can, but they've got it and you guys will know who they are and what they do. But interestingly, they don't really focus too much on their on their products, right? Like it's all about their world of work or maybe maybe technology within their products or people creating their products obviously ben francis is an influencer he's one of the key people in that area which helps the brand move forward people have joined his journey so that's that's a great one there i think or from an organic perspective asana has mentioned um they're amazing i think if you look at those as a platform really nice clear tones cool vibe to that to them organically unpaid um shopify i think they're really good you know shopify are a great brand obviously unfortunately the past week i think they've had they've had to make some redundancies, which is awful, but interesting how a brand shifts around that and how they talk about that. But their video content is second to none and really, really good. I mean I could go on there's loads. Like Deloitte is a really interesting one. I don't know like people working in that professional services sector, they're really good at keeping that brand consistency go out through through the platform, you know, and all right, they know their they know their space, right? And they stick into it and they do a really good job at it. Really good job at it. Um also Tesco, like I mentioned them and that example that we that we've seen uh, with, within within that area uh, with that case study where where we've seen some some huge benefits. But like there are so many brands that I, I can talk about. But I think what it is at the end of the day is 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 again you listening to your audience, learning from that, and following like different companies. I always say the bit. My, so maybe my top tip is like. It's cut. It's a bit cheesy, it's got like five and five, right? It's like, it's five, follow five companies within your industry, right, within your business uh, who, who are maybe peers and competitors and then follow five companies who are completely removed from any part of your business world, any part of your world of work. So that could be like, you know, if, if you're into Formula One, for example, follow McLaren or follow Ferrari or whatever, mm-hmm. see what they're doing, see how they're talking about it. Yes, they're talking about sport, But there's still a same story and a mission. They've still got goals to reach, just like you have. So that works really well. And only when you think outside of the box, that's when I feel like you create the best content, right? And unfortunately, so many businesses, and this is the case in the B2B world, people are in their swimming lanes and they get sort of their blinkers on and just think consistently about what it is we need or what is our business, what is this? If you look outside of your business, sometimes you get some of the best inspiration to sort of get the best success within your content. Uh,
0: throughout the platform love it well we we promised actual advice the five and five i think is perfect So get out there <laughs> follow five follow another five and learn from them well john been a pleasure i mean we could speak all day like i said there's so many different features um both organic and paid that we could cover but um i think we've we've delved really deep into into those and yeah I, we hope the listeners uh, can take a lot from that so thanks for joining us john
1: you're welcome hope it's been helpful and um and thanks for having me
0: Now, if you hadn't guessed it by now, I am a fully-fledged LinkedIn fanboy. I do love the platform. I use it quite a lot. And I use it because of the reach mainly, and mainly because it's so positive. Very rarely do you see negativity on the platform, which you have to say, you know, is refreshing in this day and age, you know, when there's so much negativity going around. Now, one thing that positivity does allow is testing. Yes, it's a public-facing profile, but if you don't want to test from your company account, that's why public profiles are there for individuals as well. Why not try and test from your account? You know, try newsletters, try carousels, have a play and see what returns the best engagement. Because the likelihood is your audience will be a similar audience to what your place of work is. After all, that's why you work there, because you enjoy it, right? Now, John repeatedly mentioned mixing up your content as well, whether that be paid or organic. You need to be able to create in different formats to keep that content fresh and relevant. And also it allows you to carry on testing. And that theme constantly ran through the pod there. You need to try things on LinkedIn uh, and see what comes off because like I say, the reach when something does come off can just send you into a completely different stratosphere, whether that's an individual page or a company page. Now, one thing I couldn't escape was the, the notify all notifications from newsletters and lives. Now, if you're gonna take anything from this pod, let it be that, newsletters and lives. It's essentially, you know, a megaphone message to thousands of people. Look at our content. Our content is here now. If you get a notification on your phone, the likelihood is you're going to click that, right? They send so many people to your content. So it's imperative to take advantage of these while they exist because it's not often that platforms give you the option, tends to be removed, you know, down the line. So while this is here, have a go, have a try. I think newsletters are so flexible, you know, whether that be individuals, whether that be company, like John said, you know, individual could be almost like a a blog style, you know, of what your week is like. If you're a C-suite, you know, individual, maybe CEO, founder of a company, let us know what that week was like for, you know, be real. It's a human platform. You have to be real on there. And there's no point hiding behind this professional sort of glossy outlook. That's not LinkedIn anymore. LinkedIn is human and it's real. Now, some companies that are getting that right, you know, big ups to Gymshark, Asana, Adobe, Tesco, who in John's eyes, are all gold standards. So make sure to head over to their LinkedIn pages, check them out, see what they're doing right. And then you can blend your strategy based on, you know, what they're doing. If they're doing certain things uh, better than others or if they're a little bit more fun than others, a little bit more strategy focused, whatever it may be, make sure, head to check them out, make some notes and see what you like best and what you think you can apply to your brand. And don't forget John's five and five method. If you do anything today, make it that. Head to the page of five competitors give them a follow, see what they're up to and then head to the pages of companies completely removed from your world of work and follow five of those. Let us know how you get on.